You're listening to Got Tech, the podcast with your hosts, Eric Geis and Nick Johnson. Welcome back to Got Tech, the podcast. This is episode 151 called Using AI to Assess Student Writing. In this episode, we'll unpack one of the most valuable things that AI can do for a teacher, providing feedback on student writing. As you all know, this is a very time-intensive task that can be made faster and better with the help of some new AI tools. This is another episode you don't want to miss. Check it out. So we're back with 151, paying a lot of attention to something super important in education, and that is feedback. But before we get into that, Nick, you you just told me off air about a tool that you just tried that you're pretty excited about. Yeah, I was calling this a a bonus tool for the uh, today's episode. We'll we'll uh, we'll wing that out there right now, I suppose. And that is a um, something we actually just this week. Was it this week? I think it was this week early. We did a little PD session, or what we call our, our lunch and learn PD, on screencasting. I'm not going to get into why we did that, but it was just a bunch of the options that are out there for screencasting. And as it just so happened, I, I came across another one that I had never heard of before called, and uh, the name jars me nuts. I can't stand the name because what I'm about to say is not a description of the tool. It is the name itself. It is actually called Awesome Screen Recorder and Screenshot Extension. That's like its title. Have you ever heard of this thing before? I haven't, but I'm just thinking about calling it A-S-R-S-E, <laughs> which kind of, if you eliminate the one S, it spells out arse. Hilarious. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the name of that tool is, is arse, so in my mind, yeah, I mean, for that- short. Because I'm into brevity, shrinking everything. Yeah, and that says it all, right? I don't know why they stopped there. If they were going to call it that, you could have just started describing it even further. But at least it does let you know what this thing is all about. It's another screencast recorder, but um, it's an extension-based one. So for any uh, teachers out there dealing with not having, um, you know, not being able to pay for like the premium versions of Screencastify and some of those limitations, this might be one to check out. It is extremely highly rated by like hundreds of thousands of people. It's been around for a really long time. And that type of stuff, of course, is always is always going to be really powerful when you're looking for a tool to use. And um, it is exactly what it sounds like. It's just a really, really excellent screencast recorder that I think deserves to be in, in the mix of, of these tools that teachers use. Some of the uh, some of the specifics that this uh, will do, it's you know pretty much like your you know your desktop snipping tool, but a, a lot of other stuff built in. Of course, the the recorder. Um, it's going to give you all those typical options like record your entire uh, desktop screen, record just uh, record just a tab, record your uh, camera only. Um, it's got other things as well, though. Um, in particular, their uh, snipping tool, their, their little screenshot capture is is really great. You can actually like draw just a unique shape around a certain area of the screen, and it's going to take an image just of that. When you capture these images, you can annotate on top of them, and this is what elevates it beyond the snipping tool for me. There's all kinds of annotation tools, uh, like little lines and text and arrows that you can add in, and I do a lot of annotations with my, my screen snips. 
but I'm usually just like circling stuff and it looks super sloppy. This is a really big one. They have a, a built-in blur sensitive info tool right in these little annotations for those screen snips. So it's just really great. They, there's also a, when you have the extension and you're using ChatGPT, it's going to add in a little button there that will capture ChatGPT's answers to your prompts. Uh, as a screenshot. I'm not sure. I, I've never felt a huge need for that myself, but I figured I'd throw it out there. Um, either way, I just think it's crazy that this thing, uh, this extension has escaped my knowledge for so long and it's so great. So I wanted to throw it out there as a as an option. So that's, that's my bonus tool. What do you think about it? I think it's a great tool, but I think it's like you said earlier, it's, it's too long of a name. We got to get it a new name. <laughs> so that's, that's my vote. Great yeah. share, new name. Yep. All right, so I guess the only update I have is we're getting into December, which means we're getting close to one of my favorite times of the year, which is the 12 days of EdTech. This is coming back for year three, I believe. It might be year four. I'm not even sure. But this is where we put out 12 videos. They're very short videos, either showcasing a tool, an EdTech strategy, or something in between. Uh, we haven't even made these up yet. We're going to brainstorm on this later today but our next episode i believe is the 12 day yeah yeah we'll probably build that in uh, around that at least at the, the time of uh, the recording of our next episode we will uh we'll at least know who's doing what so we can sort of give i think in that episode we usually give some teasers right kind of like let people know some of what's coming but without the f yeah I, we're gonna have to take a look yeah I don't know why, but this last year seems it's so far in the distant I past. I mean, I don't get it, but, you know, we'll take it. But since we're talking about our YouTube channel, we did reach over 500 subscribers, which is pretty cool because this time last year we had under half that. Um, so we don't try to really glorify our YouTube channel. It's usually us playing around with the tool and we record it. And we uh, say why it's it's a great tool and what we would use it for. And we give some examples. But go over to the YouTube channel because we do keep adding YouTube videos there. Uh, our most recent ones are a video on TextBlaze and the uses of TextBlaze, which is an AI tool, uh, which we might talk about a little later on how we provide feedback with that tool. But go over there and see the different uses from supervisor, administrator, teacher, ed tech coach, and so forth. So I really love that AI tool. And the other video is how to use Canvas Whiteboard. And I kind of put it out there as a replacement to Jamboard. I announced that they were going away in October of 2024. So I think Canva is a great landing spot for that because of the annotation and the flexibility. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. So let's, um, let's use this moment to get into the main bulk of our show here, which is, you know, as the title indicates, we're talking AI, but specifically AI to, to do one thing, and that is assessing student writing. I chose this because, well, well, one, something came across my desk, yeah, a presentation 
from, and I'll just do this shout out now. This is a lot of this episode is adapted from a presentation by Peter Pacone, I think is how you pronounce that, P-A-C-C-O-N-E. And uh, thanks, Peter, because this thing was awesome. Peter's from uh, the San Marino Unified School District, and it seems like they have some sort of a tech academy there that's putting out some great content, and this is one of those. And Peter put together a collection of AI tools that do this. If you didn't know that this was an option with AI, it's an option. That means when students write answers, and this doesn't have to be entire like essays or paragraphs, it can be, but it could also just be an answer that a student types in. Um, the AI will automatically give feedback on that writing for you. Clearly, this is a massive time saver, and that's what sort of caught my attention is because oftentimes, you know, I'm, I'm a science teacher, but I am a I am grading a lot of writing. We have students that are writing about science all the time. There's lab reports, and that's extremely important uh, to do and to help students get better at. But I don't know about you, I hate, I hate grading lab reports. They're so time consuming, and it's just such an energy drain. Like if it's, if I know I'm gonna be grading lab reports on a given day, I know I don't really have any mental space for like anything else. So the, the whole idea of AI helping in that process it really captured my attention. And as it turns out, there's like a lot of tools that are doing this. So we're going to feature, you know, mainly six in this episode, uh, but we'll, we'll mention a couple more as we go in there as well. So that's the theme of this. And if it's it's cool with you, I'll just sort of kick off the first one, which is called Class Companion. You can find these guys at classcompanion.com. And I wanted to list this first because it's the one that I sort of know the most about. I've not never haven't used it yet in my class, but I just went down a rabbit hole with Class Companion because it looks so great. Um, essentially, if you give your students any kind of written assignment, it's going to let them automatically work through that uh, assignment at their own pace. As the students make mistakes, the AI will automatically spot those and essentially start commenting on what the students are doing as, as they go. To me, this sounded like as I am sitting there, say one-on-one -on -one tutoring a student, and I ask them to answer a question, and they answer it. And I can say, good job, you get it, let's move on. Or I can say, oh, you clearly don't get it, let's go back and I can help you figure out what you don't understand here. Except it's not you doing that, it's, it's class companion doing that. I'll start, I'll start with an example. So this is just from their webpage. But, um, you know, a question that you might put as part of the assignment that you post in Class Companion uh, having to do with Carnegie Steel and something called vertical integration. The question is this, uh, flow or how, sorry, how might owning the raw materials for iron ore and coal help Carnegie Steel become a monopoly? So that's the teacher question. The student says they could make steel cheaply. Class Companion says that is incorrect. However, you're on the right track. How does Carnegie's ability to make steel cheaply help him become a monopoly? Question mark. Recall that dot dot dot. And from there, not just saying you're right or you're wrong, but actually like guiding guiding the student on what they're wrong about or what they should be thinking about. Or hey, remember this piece of information that you've seen before, and it it kind of shoots that out there for you. Um, clearly the benefit, I mean, I don't have to explain to uh, an audience full of teachers how beneficial that can be. I would encourage everybody to just head over to Class Companion's main page. It's full of examples of the types of responses that this thing can do. It's, it's just, it's mind blowing. It's just one of those times 
we've had a lot of this with AI where I'm looking at the uh, the stuff that it spits out. It's it's literally uh, mind blowing. Yeah, I think uh, this tool. We're going to see a lot of different variations, just like we see a lot of different variations of other ed tech tools that are similar to one another. And it's it's going to be like to find one that fits your needs the best, that allows you to work in a way that you want to work. But you can't take it away from any type of assistant. I mean, it's there for the definition of assistant is glorious to a teacher and also to students and anyone else in education. So anything that could save us time, anything that could help us communicate is a-okay by me. There's, there's one other thing I want to mention about Class Companion before before we leave it, um, and that is you can also go in there and create uh, custom rubrics for specific writing assignments. You know, on top of that, it actually has a bunch of preloaded rubrics for, for common types of writing. They have a, a claims evidence reasoning rubric in there already. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, this AI has already been trained on things to look for for that type of writing. All of your AP classes, like the history, your AP histories, the DBQ writing, um, all of those have rubrics kind of preloaded in, which which is another massive time saver. But any sort of writing assignment that you do, you can put in a rubric and it's going to give specific feedback to the various areas of that rubric that, that you tell it to. So like if, you know, what's a typical rubric category, say like content. It's gonna it's gonna assign a score to a student's writing and say this would probably be three out of five on content. Consider adding in more information on on blank. That's that's just crazy. That's like each student having their own like individual teacher or tutor following them through this writing process. And I'm assuming like with any AI, it's not it's not perfect, but. Um, you know, the other option is having nothing, which which is what the students have now, unless they come and like sit with the teacher to do this, which most of them don't. It just seems super powerful. So class companion, I think, is something I'm take a look at for them. So that just sparked an idea that's probably a little bit off the beaten path. What if a teacher used this to show students an essay or part of an essay and ask them to be the proofreaders? And then after they had a chance to do that, the teacher ran it through this feedback system and assigned, I don't know, the winner of the period, the one that got the closest uh, right to, um, you know, just adding those suggestions. Is that going to make us better peer editors in our classrooms? And I could just see that being used that way. I mean, I know you're supposed to turn in something, it's supposed to give you feedback, but what else can you do with it? How can we strand, uh stretch out those boundaries of that tool, the parameters of what it's capable. So I really like that one. I'm going to get into the next one. I'm going to keep it relatively short because I think, uh, you know, what this does is, is very similar to other tools as well. But this program encompasses a lot of different tools and that's Turnitin. Turnitin has a research, uh, or, I'm sorry, a revision assistant and it does exactly what it sounds like. It identifies strengths and weaknesses in students' writing, a lot like Nick's did, uh, and it provides some, some specific guidance on how the student can improve. All right, so the whole point of this uh, assistant is to motivate students to keep revising their work and trying to get the best version of the work possible. All right, so I almost consider this as Similar to what Grammarly is doing with their AI, uh, they will uh, help shape the writing of students, but it kind of takes it a step further unless uh, Grammarly added something by uh, really showing how they can improve, giving them examples and allowing them to use example explorer the rest of their writing and make 
improvements. But that is uh, Turnitin's revision assistant, and this is often uh, connected with College Board's so courses. They have College Board. Check out Turnitin. Yeah, it's uh, it's always worth mentioning. I just, I just didn't know that uh, the, like this revision is specifically part of what they have there, and uh, super super powerful. The the next one we've got is, is a extremely interesting and unique. And I'll be honest, I'm not sure I've got my head wrapped around this thing uh, perfectly quite yet, but. It's so cool. It, its name is uh, Write with Transformer. And, um, you know, there's a, a team of people that put this together. I don't know what else this team does. I don't know if I'm supposed to know. It's cl- they call themselves the Hugging Face Team. Look them up, see if you can figure out uh, who these people are. But regardless of that, it's uh, this is pretty cool. So when you go to their main page, and, and uh, you just Google that, it's probably the easy the URLs sort of complicated. They're using ChatGPT in in the background, but they've put together. You know, when you're there, it's essentially in your in your browser. Uh, it looks like a, a document, right? Like a Google Doc, and you can start typing. And that's what they. That's what you know. The I guess the best overall description is as you are typing into the doc. Um, it's called the. They call it the transformer. It's like a a more complex autocomplete, I think is the best way to say it. So we all know like the Google Chrome or the Gmail autocomplete, right? Where you're typing a common word or phrase and it is going to pop that in there and finish it for you. This is like that, only like much more involved. Um, they have some examples that I'm not going to walk through. But if, if you're on the, the main page, there's a little uh, link that'll say like, um, check out some of the examples and, it, and it'll... It'll put in some sample documents. The the one that I, I clicked on just now is actually, um, you know, it's got like roles. The the first like lines that you would read in a movie or a play. I think this is from Thor. Actually, let me see. This first one says Thor: uh, colon The Tesseract belongs on Asgard. Yeah, I think this is all Thor stuff, which I I'm not super. No human is a match for it. Tony turns to leave, but Steve stops him. Then it goes. Steve, colon, you're not going alone. And it goes on like this, and then it stops. And the idea is that as you, as if you were the one that is typing this, um, it can help you and suggest things to like, what would, what would come next in this script that's being created? Uh, what words should you use next? And this would be helpful for obviously students that might need, need help with that. They say it's like having a, a smart machine d- directly in your doc that helps you to complete your thoughts as, as you. Obviously, you wouldn't want this to be like the end-all, be-all for a student who's struggling with their writing, but maybe a very helpful thing uh, if it's something that you know they struggle with or that you uh, let them use maybe more heavily at the beginning of the year and then phase out as time goes on so they don't become dependent on something. But uh, it's just a really neat, it's sort of a, a, a unique thing. That's called Write with Transform. That's another solid share. I'm going to get into a collection of AI tools. And we brought this on the show maybe once before. It's called magicschool.ai. And they keep adding so many more tools that make a teacher's job not easy. It saves us a lot of time. I mean, yeah, you you could say easy because so much stuff. All right, so some of the ones that I just want to kind of point out is one, we have a text read writer, text rewriter tool. Uh, and it allows you to rewrite in different words, uh, make more concise sentences for your audience, change topics or characters or anything. So say that you go in and you have a story 
and someone doesn't like the name of one of your characters, you could go in there, you could find it, um, and you can basically give it a prompt saying, can you change uh, Dougie's name to Super Fresh? You know, whatever you want. And it will go and it will help them make those changes. So if they wrote a 12-page story and they're using Dougie throughout, it allows them to replace it very, very easily. Now, you could do this in really any software that you write a story in or type a story in the replace function. But say that midway through the story, the student wants to change the characters instead of the character being shy, overly, I don't know, outspoken. So you could do that and ask AI to help you change it to be more outspoken and how it would do it. And you can accept some of the changes and you can go in and you can personalize it afterward. This brings us back to our 80-20 rule that we talked about a couple episodes back. If you're okay with this as a teacher, which some of you will be and some of you will not, uh, come up your, with your own rules. 80% of it could be AI, 20% needs to be personalization, or 50-50, or you could use it only to proofread uh, your... You could use it only to proofread what you have written. But whatever you're comfortable with, just communicate that. And this is one of these tools that will help take writing to the next level. I don't see it as AI doing the work because the kid is doing the work. The AI is helping make that work better. And in my opinion, seeing work over and over and over again, or seeing your mistakes over and over and over again helps you improve. I mean, we've been using spell check and grammar check in uh, Microsoft Word and in Google Docs for a long time, but yet that's accepted. But when we take that to the next level, sometimes, you know, some teachers deem that as you know, not being authentic to that person uh, space there. There are several other tools in here that I just want to point out. Some of them have to do with feedback. Some of them do not. There is a student work feedback tool uh, where the teachers create a custom criteria and the AI gives areas of strength and weakness. This was a lot like your first one. Uh, but I just want to throw out there, there's also a rubric generator in here that is amazing. And uh, I wanted to point that one out because I think rubrics go a long way with feedback as well. It is a form of feedback. So uh, if you're like me and you don't like to format a table, make it look right, that formatting alone takes me 20 minutes. All right, so just let this tool do it and then you could go back in and you could edit it uh, and personalize it towards your classroom. This is my, I give my students an 80-20 rule. I give myself a 90-10. <laughs> so just throwing that out there. That's called that's called being smart. I, I want to emphasize too, I don't know if this is a common feeling, but I know I feel this way. And that is sometimes with these AI tools, I'm like, yeah, but how good? Like I've played around with a lot of these. And I don't know what percentage of the time, but a good chunk of the time, I'm like, yeah, that, that response is okay. But I, I, I'll still just, I would prefer to like, do it myself. Maybe that's just because I'm super picky. But I think there's a lot of people that feel that way. If you're worried about that with something like this student work feedback tool, if you're hearing us say that and are thinking, yeah, sure, I could use that, but it's probably going to give me garbage feedback and I'm going to have to go look through all that feedback anyway before I share it with the student and probably change it all anyway before I share it with the student. Um, just so you know, when you go there and you copy paste in the student work you want it to give feedback on, you are also inputting all kinds of other information to ensure that you get 
quality stuff, at least for like a first run of feedback, I think is, is really good. Um, one of the things it's going to tell you to type in is grade level. Super important. It wants to know a description of the assignment. Uh, it's also going to ask for like s specifics, categories of, you were just talking about the rubric creator. You can tell it to, uh, you know, generate feedback that focuses on, you know, transitions between thoughts, right? So if you know that that's something the students are supposed to be working on in this assignment, you can guide it there. So you still, this is for all the, the control uh, obsessed teachers out there, you still have a lot of that control and you can guide these tools to give uh, what is probably higher quality feedback than than you would expect. So I don't know if that puts some people's minds at ease when it comes to stuff like that. I always like to, to throw that out there. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Also, within the show notes, I, I snuck two other tools in here because these tools came up in my head as I was reading the show notes and Magic School had an amazing collection of tools, but uh, I, I got to also name one of my favorite feedback tools. Well, actually two of my tools. One is Got Feedback from Got Learning. This will allow you to upload Aiden's work, select what type of feedback. Do you want feedback on academic writing? Want feedback on, uh, there's like five or six different topics in there. And then based on what you talk or what you select there and what they have written, it will give them directed feedback. Right, your, your thesis statement needs some work. This is why. Here you go. It's very easy to use. All right. So the other one that I talked about at the top of the episode was TextBlaze. And uh, TextBlaze I use for a whole bunch of different things. And I have probably haven't been more excited about a tool in a long time because it's just part of my daily operation at this point. Uh, for TextBlaze, it's an AI tool. And what you could do is you can make these, think of canned comments, right? You make shortcuts to canned comments, but I glorify these canned comments with TextBlaze, right? So you go to the TextBlaze dashboard, it's a Chrome extension. So when you click on it, uh, you could go in there and you can make a template of whatever you want. It could be an email draft, it could be a rubric, it could be anything that you want to really add to any space where you could type. And what I do is, for example, I just collected some bio labs. They had to write their topic question. They had to write their hypothesis. And then they go into some of the other parts of the scientific method. The hypothesis is very, very challenging for a freshman to write. It, they struggle with this. So I try to give them three or four pieces of information. If you really can't grasp the situation, make sure it's an if-then statement. More times than none, you can't go wrong within. Make sure the manipulating and responding variable is a part of that. Make sure it answers your question of the lab, those types of things. And what I did is I typed all that out and then I put in a, the URL of a YouTube video that does a great job at the different steps of uh, writing a hypothesis. So the students have all this. And when I go into Google Docs or whatever I, they typed it on, and I go in there and I leave comments, all I have to do when TextBlaze is on is hit forward slash and whatever my uh, shortcut is. So for the uh, hypothesis, I did forward, forward slash hypothesis. So when I type forward slash hypothesis, my whole template that I just saved on giving feedback on that hypothesis pops up and it takes me two seconds. So I highlight the part that they need to work on, type in forward slash hypothesis and now they have that feedback it saves me so much time 
Uh, I think I graded two classes worth of labs that would normally take me about two to three hours per class because this is their first major one. It took me a fraction of that time because all I'm doing is highlighting, typing in a shortcut, and I'm off to the races. And to be honest with you, this is 10 times better feedback. And it also identifies not only what they could improve on, but how they can improve. And it shows them the video on how to do that. And I think that's more valuable. Well, yeah, because you would never, like if you were writing all that feedback individually, you wouldn't be writing it to that depth. You wouldn't be providing the link 20 times over. I found that too. Um, you know, I've set up a couple of these shortcuts as well. Uh, and it's, it's cannot be understated how massively helpful this has been. I use, have been using it a lot, not for student grading, although I'm glad you shared because I'm going to start doing that, but for posting assignments. Because whenever I post an assignment on our, in our LMS, I always, I'm just super annoyed because I'm always typing out the same description of what to do over and over and over again. This just bothers me. But now, all I, when I post a, a lab, let's say, weekly, multiple times, all I do is type forward slash OC labs, and then and it, my entire description of lab assignments, how to start them, how to complete them, full of help links and everything else, just gets automatically populated in there. It takes me no time because I just write this this template once, and then it's just that shortcut slash OC labs, and it's all there. Um, I've got you know links that will say in there. Part of it is uh, you know if you need help in writing a CER conclusion, click here, and then another one says if you need help in putting together your error analysis, click here for some things to think about. I've got my late policy listed out. I've got just re general reminders all in there and like you mentioned this is at such a higher quality than i ever would have done before because i just make this template one time i make it really good and then i, I never have to do it again besides my my little shortcut the other thing I, that deserves to be mentioned here is you can you can share these things within a team of people if you said this already sorry i just missed it but um you know we have one shared that are common email responses to questions we get from staff members so you know, a lot of the a lot of the time, what's a good example? So when when seniors leave, they often ask how they can keep all of their stuff that's in their their school Gmail account, which makes sense, or their Google Drive. So we find ourselves typing the same response over and over and over again that you can use a tool called Google Takeout. Here's how you do it. Here's some screenshots, and it's very annoying to do this over and over and over again. So uh, Geis and I created a a shared uh, snippet, is what these things are called, a shared snippet where all we have to do is type forward slash Google takeout and a full complex complete email is typed out with instructions and links and everything. And right now we've got like eight of these shared responses that we use as tech coaches. Um, this ensures consistency for us. So we're always explaining the same thing. It also saves time. I'm glad you kind of figured out a way to fold text plays in here because it's a really awesome tool. We, um, we've got just a couple more uh, writing feedback tools. This next one I'll do quickly because it's very similar to probably Class Companion, the one that I shared first. It's called Eli Review, E-L-I-Review.com. And it's essentially the same thing. You post an assignment, and as students work through that writing task or completing that assignment, it gives them feedback. So, you know, as the teacher, you assign a task, which is essentially what the students are supposed to do. Eli comes in, and well, I guess I should say that you can, you know, as part of that, there's all sorts of 
things you can build in, like certain checkpoints where, where their work gets reviewed. You can build in checklists, different prompts at various points. Um, you can set like how many review and revision cycles you want it to run through. Um, but Eli Review gives a lot of that feedback to the students for you. You don't have to do all of it. You know, a debrief process where take that feedback and redo the work. Um, what I like about Eli Review is it specifically builds in peer feedback. And I didn't come across if Class Companion can do that. It, maybe it can, but I, if it did, I missed it. But you can have the students help each other, revision stages, analyze stages, all kinds of stuff. And um, it just looks like a really great time saver. So maybe if you're in the market for something like this, you're going to want to check out both Class Companion and Eli Re uh, because they both seem like the full package when it comes to doing this type of thing and monitoring these types of uh, projects while providing. Either way, they both look super awesome. I must admit, I when I looked at the, the show notes, and kudos to you for putting these uh, show notes together, I knew most of these yeah. AI tools. That's one I did not know. So I'm happy that you brought it up because... I, I think providing options for our listeners is super important when it comes to anyone that wants to get into these AI tools because some things just work with you or click with you in ways that others do not. And this next one uh, is one that would fit in this category because we have brought up some that is like the Brisk extension. The Brisk extension is a free AI Chrome extension. It integrates into uh, your tools like Google Docs, Classroom, and a lot of the LMSs such as Canvas, uh, Schoology, like I said, Google Classroom, uh, and more. You can use it on any web page. It changes the reading level, uh, or you could use it in Google Docs to write curriculum, generate feedback, or detect student AI. So I know that's a big one, uh, detection of student AI, that a lot of teachers will like. It's kind of a one-stop shop tool that you can add to your extensions uh, repertoire. And really, it's it's easy to use. I mean, you go in there, you could probably play around for five minutes and get a pretty good feel about the functionality of the tool, which is super important. Yeah, we I, I think Brisk has major potential. We, we actually did use this for a brief time Ended up finding it a, a little uh, clunky just in terms of their little pop-up can was kind of getting in the way sometimes enough where, and, and Brisk also overlapped with some tools that we're already using like Diffit and that are, are being paid for. So we, we kind of got rid of it, but I, I don't know, something keeps pulling me back to Brisk, man. I think just the variety of what it can do, the automatic student feedback right in the Google Doc, I like that because I don't like to go to different spots. I just want to, if I'm, if I'm reading a stu student work on a Google Doc, if I can just stay in the doc and not have to copy paste it somewhere, open a new tab, all those extra clicks, um, I'm in. So for me, um, you know, brisk, the, the brisk extension for that. Yeah, I mean, everything about this extension is, is, is pretty great. And you, you mentioned the one thing that kind of turned us off to is that pop-up. But they are new. They right. are improving. Right. And I like to see that within the tools that I use, that they're constantly trying to make the user experience better. So I think they'll figure that out. And I, I wouldn't dismiss it just because of that. Uh, let's talk about a couple of honorable mentions. I'm going to let you go ahead because I know the one uh, tool you really, really enjoy using. And I think you, you uh, left one off. And if you can't figure that one out by the end... <laughs> And I can remember the name of the tool, but it goes a lot with 
both of these tools, it goes right there. Yeah, look, I mean, we, this, I feel silly doing this, but we got some feedback recently uh, from somebody online that was like, we did an episode and somebody was like, these guys didn't even mention product X in their screencasting episode, whatever it is. And it's like sometimes we purposefully leave out the really popular tools because they're really popular. Um, and that's that was the case here. So, yep, we know about Grammarly. Didn't mention it because everybody knows about Grammarly. Their ads are all over YouTube. Grammarly is, is awesome, and they do a lot of the things that we've talked about. Um, Quillbot is another one that we've just mentioned it on many, many prior episodes, but it's a AI paraphrasing. WordTune, another very great one that we've mentioned a lot. So, you know, we're just focusing on some that we think people might not know or are super awesome, but it, it's definitely worth mentioning these more well-known tools. You did say, I left one out, and for the life of me, I can't... I'm going to give you a couple of hints. All right, I think I got it, but give me the hints first. You use this in your EdTech throwdown often. Yep. Okay. So it is, it's the one I'm thinking of and I know exactly what it looks like, but I cannot think of the name. Don't say it all. I got, I got nothing. I, it's the website, right? Where you can type and it highlights stuff as you go. That is the one. What's it called? Well, we're going to have to, uh, you know, just figure this one out. What, what else can I give you as a hint is what I'm wondering. Um, I think there's a very famous writer and maybe I gave you too much there. Maybe I didn't. Famous. Yeah, it's named after a famous writer. There's so many writers. We got Shakespeare, but that's not it. Uh, oh, um, sometimes Hemingway. You do this to jeans. Yeah, yeah. Hemingway app. Is that what it is? Hemingway app. Okay. Hemingway editor. Hemingway editor. That's the one. Yeah, that's yes. That should have been on the list here as well for our honorable mentions. Thank you for dragging me through that. Um, I also just realized this episode is coming out straight before Thanksgiving, and typically we do like a, a thankful for episode, which I guess we'll, we'll miss this year. So let's just throw it in real quick. Um, I am th- out of this list. I am thankful for let's just say Magic School in general because literally every time I go there, there's like three or four new little um, little things that you can do when it comes to AI that is specific to teaching. So for me, super thankful for magicschool.ai. Can you come up with one off the top of your head? I'm not going to come up with one. I'm just going to come up with a categorical thank you, and that's to AI. The amount of time that we have saved this year alone working with AI to do some of our projects, uh, some people say that it takes away creativity. I'm going to argue that it allows us to be more creative in certain ways. My brainstorming now, I could spit out a couple of descriptive things that I'm thinking in my head. It's going to give me a list of 100, and then I could go in there and mash up those 100 until I come up with a product that is uh, pretty solid. Yeah, or the or the free time that we now have because of the time that AI saves on uh, trivial tasks. We're doing a lot of cool stuff. I do want to throw out a couple of thank yous uh, to some people out there. The first one is Brian Carpenter. He's he's our Canadian brother. Uh, we really appreciate his uh, his podcast, uh, Fresh Air at Five. Uh, he constantly shouts us out, and we we like to return that favor. I've learned about so many different podcasts that I put into my rotation through his podcast. So make sure that you check out that. Uh, Tim Cavey's back and at it on Saturday mornings. Uh, I love, uh, sometimes I'm not able to catch him live, but I do love watching his YouTube channel on Saturdays. I get a lot of value out of that. And uh, typically my kids' sports are very early, between 8 and 10. 
and then I have an hour before we have more sports in the afternoon. So that hour is usually coffee, my second cup of coffee, and listen to Tim's show on YouTube. Solid stuff there. He throws out a lot of quality there. So, uh, and also Dana Heller from last episode. She's a colleague of ours that I'm very appreciative for because she brings she completes our team here. So you two are very organized, and it takes. Uh, both of your organization to help me uh, seem adequate in that that spot. Uh, she's a go-getter. Uh, you follow through on anything that we need to throw out there, and you keep my crazy in order. So I'm very appreciative to you and Dana. And thanks, uh, thanks to you, my friend, for uh, keeping me and Dana from completely going off the deep end with our organization and sometimes having to just sort of play a little bit looser because there's a, a ton of benefit to that as well. Uh, thank you to Peter Pacone for a bunch of the tools in today's episode, which saved me a lot of time and planning it out fully myself. that i'm gonna wrap it up which is uh, the same way we always do some favors guys subscribe to got tech preferably on apple spotify would be great google podcast stitcher anywhere you get podcasts of course you can find us there we have a youtube channel like guys mentioned earlier just search got tech the podcast and you'll find us our twitter accounts uh, our x accounts our nick got tech guys got tech we're on facebook we're not doing much there these days but it's there um, write us a review would be excellent, please, especially Apple. We've got a website, gottech.com, where you can find episodes along with lots of other cool posts, blogs, articles. And as always, we're part of the Teach Better Podcast Network. If you head to that website, you can find us along with lots of other excellent educational podcasts. Thanks a lot for Thanks for listening to Got Tech, the podcast. Remember to subscribe to our show and follow us at We Got Tech on Twitter so you can stay up to date with the latest episode releases, blog posts, product reviews, and PD announcements. You can also follow Geist and I individually at GeistGotTech and at NickGotTech on Twitter or on Instagram at NickGotTech. Finally, remember to check out our website, GotTech.com, where we post all our episodes, articles, and resources available to you for free. Until next time.